Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Everything Star Wars. Today, I am going to give you some history on the Mandalorians. Now, their history is a very long one, and I will begin with the uh, Legends content. So, while this is not necessarily true, it is still uh, very nice, useful information on their background. I will also be covering the more recent canon information. So, the first half of this podcast, give or take, will be the legends about, like, the ancient Mandalorians in the Old Republic. Then I will go into the canon Mandalorians. So, let's begin. The history of the Mandalorians begins with the Tong, an ancient race who dwelled on Coruscant, before their enemies drove them into the Outer Rim. Their war chief and leader led them based on his interpretation of the signs of their gods. Their gods were Cad Harangir, the all-seeing, creator of tests and trials, Had Haran, the trickster, Arasum, the god of sloth and peace. Now, these uh, divine domains are quite significant throughout Mandalorian history, as you may already be able to tell, but as you will definitely notice as I go through. Now, the Tong felled many planets and struck fear into the hearts of all who, arri- who, who they conquered. They eventually arrived on Mandalore and grew into an immensely powerful people. Now, the Tong weren't the blood ancestors of the more modern-time Mandalorians that we see today. But they are called their ancestors because they are the founders of what became the Mandalorians. They lived on Mandalore, and they uh, they created the bands of Mandalorian of warriors. They created the bands of warriors that the Mandalorians use, and more practically, they they followed and created the six actions that one must follow to be a Mandalorian. Now, these six actions are raising the young to seek honor and glory, wearing armor, defending oneself and one's family, supporting one's clan, speaking a common language, and owing fealty to the leader of the clans. So that's just a side note. Now, years later, the Tong began the Great Shadow Crusade, also known as the Great Sith War. When they attacked, they, then they attacked the Republic, with, alongside of, the Sith, until they were betrayed by the Sith. They lost the war, but it only helped forge them into what they became. Their, le- their great leader, Mandalore the Ultimate, Atong, received a shocking vision in prophecy after this. The age of the Tong was ending, but their great work was unfinished. To survive, the Mandoade must be transformed. So, Mandalore the Ultimate opened up their ranks to non-Tong, who would follow their warrior code and who could prove themselves in battle. This is where the Mandalorians we know today truly have their heritage. These new crusaders, or neo-crusaders, began the Mandalorian Wars, or as they called the Onslaught, which was devastating to the Republic. But it was ultimately put down on Malachor V when Jedi Knight Revan killed Mandalore the Ultimate in single combat. 
This is when the human Mandalorians came to power. With the Tong's extinction, these newer Mandalorians created a society where the military protected and cared for the workers, and the workers provided for the military. The Republic saw this as a threat, and dishonorably bombarded their home world, turning the lush planet of Mandalore into a white-sanded desert. The Republic then installed peace-seeking Mandalorians to take control of Mandalore, and this caused a schism to occur amongst the Mandalorians. The new Mandalorians, who are the peace-seeking ones, and the Mandalorian faithful, the war-bound ones. However, even among the faithful was their division. Some wished for a less warrior life and for a more civilized life, while the others believed that the warrior path is the only one. The latter group became the Death Watch, as they were willing to die for what they believed in. They decided they had to eliminate the former group, so they lured them and some Jedi to the planet Galadron, where the two groups destroyed each other. By this point, the new Mandalorians had a strong hold on Mandalore, thanks to the Duchess Satine Kriz, and many of the faithful were exiled to the Moon Concordia. So that's the legend's history. A very cool history. We see how uh, all three gods play in, how the Mandalorians, just throughout all history, canon and legends, see everything as a trial, a challenge, to test themselves. So these wars that they had were their test, the test for themselves. We also see deception as the Sith betrayed them and they tricked their, uh, their companions amongst the faithful into a trap on Giladrin. So we see um, the god of trickery and the god of trials. And of course, most importantly, in my opinion, we see how the god of sloth plays in as he makes the Mandalorians very weak and peace-seeking. And this is where we come in in the Clone Wars, which is where we first see the Mandalorians as a people. So, over the course of the Clone Wars, the Death Watch would strike out against the new Mandalorians, trying to bring them back to their warrior past. But time and time again, they are repelled by the Jedi and the Separatists alike, and are not able to gain control, until they happen upon two unlikely figures, the Dathomirian Zabrax, Savage Opress, and the former Darth Maul. Previsla, the leader of the clans at this time and wielder of the Darksaber, planned to use Maul and his brother to cause trouble on Mandalore, while the Death Watch would swoop in to save the day. The Duchess Satine is powerless to do anything against these two Sith, and the people of Mandalore flock to Death Watch's banner as the Death Watch, quote-unquote, stops the threat. Finally, the clans are reunited once again under the rule of a strong, devoted warrior. No, no. Maul betrays Vizsla and challenges him for rule. Maul beat bests Vizsla after a long battle, and decapitates him with his newly gotten darksaber. Yet again, there are those who are not pleased with this change in leadership. Bo-Katan the sister of Duchess Satine, and others break away from this new Mandalorian rule. 
Maul then takes control of Mandalore until Bo-Katan beseeches the Republic for help. Ahsoka, Tano, and a division of the 501st Battalion go to their aid and defeat Maul and his Mandalorians, turning over control of Mandalore to Bo-Katan. Next up to seize control of Mandalore is the Empire. When they try to take over Mandalore, Bo-Katan refuses to obey them, so she flees again, along with several other clans. She joins forces with Clan Wren to defeat those Mandalorians who joined with the Empire and retake her world. She was able to unite the clans once again, wielding the influence of the Darksaber. Since the Empire was unable to control Mandalore, they decided no one could, so they used a superweapon that targeted Beskar while frying the wearer inside, leaving it undamaged. They used it to wipe out the Mandalorians once and for all, forcing them to scatter across the galaxy. Thanks for listening. I really hope you found this uh, entertaining and informative. Uh, let me know what you thought. Head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a review. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify or Google Podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening so much. Please uh, contact me, send me an email. Let me know what you want to hear so I can do an episode about it. Uh, let me know what you thought. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, so until next time, may the force be with you.